Welcome, welcome, welcome to another edition of We Want to Talk About It Now, and we are going to get a little bit controversial today. There's going to be some discussion, a little bit of disagreement, but overall, I think this is going to be super beneficial. I apologize to all of my listeners that are outside of the state of Utah. This doesn't affect you, but in reality, it still kind of does because you all know someone who probably lives in Utah. And ultimately, unless you live in one of the states where this has already been legalized, there's probably a little bit of learning that you can do from this. So, Julie, if you're listening and you are offended by talks of the devil's grass, (laughs) marijuana, which is kind of ironic because we're not even really talking about the devil's grass. We're talking about it in a much more... Do they call it the devil's grass? Is that it? Is that it? I just said, that, I'm not hundred percent sure that's even a euphemism. For I feel it. like I've read that before, but I don't I feel know. stupid now. <laughs> I know I feel stupid. Okay. Well, let's just pretend it's called the devil's playground, which I think is your posterior. So, Oh, I don't even want to get into that. I was about to get into Dave, uh, to David Kavanaugh. Brett Kavanaugh stuff. Anyways. Yeah. So you're probably wondering who's this cute, cute sounding guy on the other side of the microphone. Great friend of mine, Matt LaRose, going to be giving some of his opinions. The main reason that I have him on is I've been seeing him being fairly public in his support of Proposition 2, a yes vote. So more than anything, that's why I want to talk to him about this. I think we agree on a lot, but we're going to have some disagreements that don't really affect the entire ballot initiative at all. But honestly... Maybe we just like get into it right away, but I'll do a quick introduction to Matt first. Matt, I've known Matt since 2007, met in 2007, got a lot more close in 2008, and then more so after our missions. Lived together for one semester. He went to BYU with an undergrad in finance, so you know what that means. If he would have moved to New York, he would have been so, so, (laughs) so, so rich. But instead, he decided to stay here in Utah, got his MBA from Utah University, you are from Pennsylvania, so that's kind of important to know, I guess, like just to add more character to you. A lot last year for Halloween, he dressed as Eric from The Little Mermaid. <laughs> and now that you've taken your jacket off, it looks like you are trying to go for the Eric from Little Mermaid look again, which I appreciate. You look great. Anyways, and ultimately, he's just a, he, he said this. I don't think he said this ironically, but I started laughing when he said it. He's a concerned citizen. Uh, my first question, you can explain this. I also have it pulled up if you don't feel 100% confident answering, answering this question. So what is Proposition 2? Sure. So Prop 2 is a voter-driven initiative. So usually you have bills introduced by like, the, legislature, the legislature, but this one introduced by, you know, by us citizens. What's great about this, it's really similar to like, you know, Brexit. You know, that's, it's kind of the same exact thing. Basically, it's going to pass medical marijuana in Utah. And it has a little bit stricter than other states, but this would be a huge win for a lot of people who are really suffering here and just have no way to get this very clean, uh, healthy uh, medical alternative. Question I have on that, a little stricter. Yes, yeah. Is the stricter part that you're talking about is they're not allowed to smoke? So when I say stricter, I mean, for example, in Arizona, they have broader conditions when they legalize medical marijuana. So things like migraines, insomnia, uh, glaucoma, those are all covered in Arizona, I believe. But in Utah, it's limited to things like PTSD, muscular 
uh, well, dystrophy, muscular dystrophy. Yeah. I was about to butcher that cancer, things like that. So there's like nine conditions, probably and, more major conditions, right? Yeah, definitely major conditions. Yeah. So it's not like, somebody, not to say that a migraine isn't a major thing. I know people that suffer from migraines, but I don't know when you're comparing diseases, I think I'd, I don't know. I'd rather have a migraine than cancer. Yeah. Why are you passionate about this? I honestly don't know. Yeah. I'm really glad you asked that. Uh, I'd say the biggest reason is because I've experienced this a little bit on my own family. My, I had a family member who really struggled with drug addiction that started with painkillers and, and, and it led to heroin. It almost killed him multiple times. I had another family member who died of cancer and the terminal cancer stage, you know, like it would have been great if he could have, you know, had some medical marijuana, if he could have, you know, to, to, to drink those high caloric shakes that they make them drink and all these things like that. Like it would have been great for, you know, the chemotherapy process. How, how, how sorry to interrupt. Uh, so he had to drink, uh, so it was actually my dad. Well, I mean like how, of, yeah. how does smoking or not smoke, how does consuming marijuana? I want to be very like, just say consumption because yeah. there's multiple ways of consuming it. Sure. How does consuming marijuana for a cancer patient benefit them? Is, Cause I always was under the impression that increases appetite and takes away pain. Is there more to you go know along with that? That is, that's it right there. Okay. Yeah. And I mean, there's also like, you know, encouraging signs that actually can help inhibit cancer formation, but I don't know. Is that conjecture? That is conjecture. I'll call that. That's okay. conjecture. Okay. Yep. Just, to, just to be fair, because my goal overall with this en- entire thing is to, I hate it, like, the, the no spin zone. I'm Bill O'Reilly. I'm not Bill O'Reilly, but he's a terrible guy. <laughs> but ultimately, I don't want to give anybody ammunition where it's like, oh, you said this one thing that's incorrect. So because of that, it's like a house cards. Everything falls with the one incorrect statement. So right. that's the only reason I called that. Very, so pain pills and pain pills with a close relative, your father who died of, of cancer. cancer. Sure. When, not to get too personal or anything like that, when your father was going through this, this was a while ago, a while ago relative to where you're at in your life right now. Was this on your mind? Like back then, like, yeah, medical marijuana might help. You know what? It was not. It wasn't such a hot topic issue back then. And it was also illegal. So it was never even an option. Illegal in Pennsylvania. Correct. Or probably everywhere at that time. It was legal in a few states. Maine was actually one. Uh, California, Colorado at the time, medicinally. Gotcha. Right. Pennsylvania is straight illegal. And so it's never even an option. Okay. So what I'm going to play as a role right now these aren't necessarily my opinions literally i googled i don't remember what i think it was just proposition two great google ad campaign that they have going right now for it this is the ad that i read and i clicked on so just so you know whoever's paying for the vote no i took at least i had to have taken at least a dollar away from your budget so i'm happy about that don't believe the fake news. I shouldn't. I feel like I'm biasing it with my voice. <laughs> Don't believe the fake news. Learn more about Utah Proposition 2 before you vote. Learn why Utah leaders are lining up against Prop 2. Donate online. Become a volunteer. Interesting. I just love the don't believe the fake news. One reason being we know which side of politics uses that phrase. I'm not even going to say it. 
I don't want you to say it either. When you hear fake news, we all now know which ideology 100% is opposed to this. And I know that everybody knows who it is with me not even having to say don't believe the fake news. Anyway, so I looked up, found their top concerns on the website, truthaboutprop2.com. Always love when you have the word truth in a domain. Very interesting to me. There's three top concerns. And we can hit them step by step. I'm going to say them all first. How it, the medicinal aspect of it will be enforced by police. Dispensaries would be too close to our children. Sometimes within 600 feet. We will be unable to collect taxes because the medicinal marijuana dispensaries will be tax exempt. Let's start with the enforced by police officers. A lot of what they were saying, what I gathered from it is what's we're going to it's going to be tough for our police force to enforce all of this because when it first goes live, people won't have to have their medical cards yet, but they could still potentially have marijuana on them. And so it's going to be so hard for our police to be able to determine who are the people that are medicinal and are obeying the law and who are the people doing it recreationally. I have my own personal problems with this, and I actually think it will be a point of contention that we disagree with. Uh, but I was just, what do you think about that? Tax dollars for more police is the problem, ultimately. I think, uh, wait, wait, sorry, what do you mean? Oh, so we have to pay higher taxes to cover increased police costs? Because now more people will have marijuana, but the police will be confused. They'll, or, yeah, that's that's fairly fairly accurate. Like, what's confusing to me is this is ultimately what it is. How they position it, the main pain point that they want to get across is we're going to need more police to enforce all of this, so we're going to have to pay higher taxes. But why that doesn't make sense to me is. Why do you need more police? I, I, I have to be honest. It seems counterintuitive because if you take away laws, it seems like you need less police to enforce. But if you add laws, you should have more police to enforce those laws. The pro, the, but the problem that they foresee is since it's not recreationally legal, right. is how are the police going to be able to discern in the initial stages when people don't have their medical cards, who's obeying the law and who's not? Ultimately, this is a time time-based problem where eventually within six months to a year people will have to have their medicinal card so it won't even matter but for that year police are going to struggle is what what they're what they're saying and we love our police i don't think police are going to struggle that much uh first off marijuana is already very very prevalent in utah i mean you have to look at the map and see that below us we have nevada legal recreationally colorado you have colorado not even below us you have colorado no, no, like, just to be fair to utah yeah. it we're engulfed except idaho we're engulfed right so anyone who wants marijuana can get it and that's how you get it legally i mean i don't even want to know how many drugs are being used illegally in utah not including marijuana i think this might be a great time for the police to refocus their efforts on other things that are actually causing harm to our society, like not marijuana. And let's focus on the other drugs that are actually like, like opiates, for example, like opiate abuse. And that first year, I guess, yeah, I guess it'll be a little tough, but uh, I think when you look at the benefits versus the cons, I think it's not that serious of an issue. If anything, though, if I was going to bring up like a police issue, I think something that'd be really difficult is uh, impaired driving. That's something that's been brought up a lot. 
and so I think that could be a little bit confusing for that. How do the police deal with that? Because you know, as you're, as I'm sure you're aware, when marijuana is metabolized, uh, THC uh, stays in your system for days, weeks, maybe even months, depending on a lot of factors, how often you use, weight, et cetera. So the hard part is, is that someone could test positive during a traffic stop, even if they haven't used it in a significant amount of time or they're not feeling the effects of it anymore. And so I think that might be a slight issue. Is how you test for it. Because it's not like alcohol where it's out of your system relatively quickly, pretty, you're pretty confident when you're using a breathalyzer. And then if you can get a blood test quick enough, Sure. That someone has alcohol in their system. So I think we're going to have to make a compromise here. I think patients who have used it probably should not drive while using it, while they're impaired. Anyone who is under influence of a drug like that should not be driving, in my opinion. This is a personal responsibility issue, is how I feel with this first one. But also, I would add, there is ways for them to test. I mean, you look at like breathalyzers for alcohol, but for, for marijuana, you can use, or cannabis, sorry, you can use saliva test. And the saliva test is me- going to measure it when it's active in your system and it's not hasn't been metabolized yet into your body fat. So you could just get a swab for that. So you can just get a swab. They could do saliva test. I think that is the biggest issue, but there is a solution now. So maybe 20 years ago, that wouldn't be an option, but now it is an option. Okay. And in Australia, they've been doing this and it's been pretty successful. I didn't know that they had saliva swab tests. Yep. Yeah, they did. Good. That's that's good because that is a big concern that that people have. I'd like to tackle the next one. <laughs> okay. Dispensaries would be 600 feet from. So it's actually uh, 300 feet. It's even closer. Yeah. <laughs> it's even closer to the kids, Matt. So it's 300 feet from a school and or residence. So when you think about it, that's pretty far. I mean, I'm sure unless you live out in the middle of nowhere. Uh, and also, I would also mention that this is the same law for liquor stores, the same exact distance, the same law. And you look at liquor stores, they're not in these big neighborhoods or right by schools, same exact thing. What kind of bothers me about this point is if let's say the yes on prop to seeds, like, okay, how far, like, how far do you want us to be away from schools and residents? Cause eventually you're going to get to a distance that's impossible and, and won't work. Like, Oh, well, we want it to be four miles. Like that's just, there's a school within four miles of everywhere on the I 15 from Provo to Salt Lake city. Exactly. And let's be honest, it's already in the schools anyways. I mean, like there's, well, the, here, here's they're they're not scared about teenagers. <laughs> they're scared about their kids because this is literally what it says on the site. So that it's going to be mainly edible based. It sounds like because they're not going to be allowed to smoke anything. They can have the raw marijuana or they can have edibles. Ultimately what they're scared about is, you know what little kids love brownies, <laughs> cookies, so they're going to see these brownies and cookies and they're going to eat them. That's actually, you know, that actually has happened. Uh, I'm sure in Colorado, it's happened. After it's legalized, you see it hit the news. It has happened. I mean, that is a possible risk. One thing to note, children also like the taste of antifreeze. You got that in your house probably. Kids will probably eat dish soap. The kids that we're talking about are generally pretty stupid. So they're... Highly likely going to be consuming, a, have the potential to consume a lot of crappy stuff that's around your house. So if I'm supposed to understand that 
what their thought process is, is young kids. So let's say one to 10 year old kids are going to be eating cookies and brownies. Where are they getting it from? It would have to be inside your home or the home of a friend of the family who they're spending time with or whatever it may be. Right. So I'm just a little confused how the kids are getting this. And let's be honest. Would you rather your kid eat an entire pot cookie or would you rather them eat some antifreeze? I'll answer that question for you. The best type of poison, <laughs> the best type of poison you could possibly give your child, and when I say poison, I say that very ironically, would be marijuana. Don't give your kids pot. Don't get your kids high from ages 1 to 10. But if it's okay for little kids that have cancer, and we've been seeing this all over the place, I'm not saying necessarily like, hey, let's give it to all these other little kids that don't have cancer, but more it doesn't have the negative effect that you think it's going to have on them. Or instead of comparing to antifreeze, let's compare it to something maybe, you know, even more fatal. Let's talk about guns. I mean, if you had a gun in your home, you're just going to lock it up and you're going to put it or you're going to hide it away and put it in some safe. I think you should treat medical marijuana very similar. You know, lock it away. Don't put it somewhere they can find it easily. So if that happens, I don't think you blame medical marijuana. I think you blame foolish parents. Agreed. I think what I've noticed with a lot of these things that they have on here are just, they have to come up with rules. They have to come up with something. I was talking earlier with somebody about this. I told them that we're going to be recording mm-hmm. about Prop 2. And what really bothers me, and I understand why they can't, his point was, well, you have, look at prohibition as an example. The problem with once you allow the legality of something is that you can never take it back. So alcohol has been legal for all of human history. All of human history, it's been illegal. Uh, In the early 1900s, United States prohibits it, takes it away, creates the mafia, ultimately, creates a lot of organized crime. Mm -hmm. And then we never got rid of organized crime and alcohol came back because all the people were upset. So a big thing that people are nervous about is that this is going to lead to recreational use. And once you allow that to happen, it does not go away. You can't take it away because people will riot. (laughs) That's a good point. So when you bring up prohibition, what was Utah when prohibition uh, was repealed? I think Utah was the last, second last state to repeal prohibition, right? No idea. Second last, last. Uh, look, it's prohibition for marijuana is going to end sooner rather than later. Uh, so on, on a national level, we're seeing that on a state by state basis and it's going to just keep creeping. It's going to keep creeping. Uh, but I mean, that's true though. Once you legalize something, there are some issues. That's why I think I, a lot of people brush past medical marijuana and just try to say that this is the same as recreational or they just try to lump it together. I think that's dangerous because recreational assumes that you're just doing it for fun. You don't need to have it, right? Uh, but we'd like to have the taxes from it, I guess. But medical marijuana, there are real people that are suffering. And so I think we need to, when we look at the marijuana, I think we need to separate the issues. I think we need to bring in medical marijuana first so the people who are suffering can have access to it or have the choice. And then we can go and talk about recreational. And then if we decide to go down the recreational route, then we'll already have set up the supply chains, the regulations, we'll work through some of the issues. It could be kind of like a, like a guinea pig. So, so would you cede the point to know on Prop 2 that medicinal marijuana is ultimately like the gateway to recreational marijuana? No. I just, <laughs> no? 
uh, uh, medicinal marijuana being a gateway to recreational, I think is so foolish because if anyone wants recreational, they can just get it now. And the idea illegally, they can get it now illegally. Right. Uh, in the state of Utah, in the state of Utah. So I'm just trying to picture how that would be a gateway. Uh, I, I don't, I don't really see that. So, connection. okay. So, so what you, what you're saying is it's not a gateway because in order for it to be a gateway to something, it has to not exist. And recreational marijuana use in Utah already exists. I mean, hopefully, you know what? I will take that back. I hope that it's a gateway to recreational use because that means that the condition's been cured and they move on and now they're using it recreationally. They're just having a good time. Wonderful. That's, that's the dream. I hope it's a gateway drug to recreational. But I guess what you're saying is that people are going to be buying the medicinal and then maybe selling it to other people or something like no, that. No, I wasn't even thinking We're that. Even thinking about I'm that. sure that's okay. something that people are probably scared of then. Sure. So we're, th- we're worried about bad actors who are maybe using that. But, but yeah, I mean, if it's, a, if it's a gateway from medicinal to recreational, fantastic with these serious conditions. And this one made me very, very upset, this last of their three concerns unable to collect taxes. And the reason that it makes me so upset is like, well, this is a huge win for recreation, like legalizing it recreationally, because then we do get to see the fruits of at least part of this somehow. Everybody benefits from it as opposed to just with medicinal marijuana, it goes to the sick. Yeah. Yeah. I was just looking up online uh, just to see like the Colorado tax revenues. I saw an article that was posted recently. Man, there is so much money that the state is missing out on. I think if they legalize it recreationally, I think the biggest boon would just be from people coming out of state that come in for Sundance Film Festival, they come to ski. They're going to be even more prone to come here for tourism. So tourism is going to go way up, get way more tax dollars from people from out of state. Wonderful. Uh, but yeah, I was trying to look up this, uh, this dollar amount here, but we're talking millions of dollars that are just going out of the, out of the window right now. I won't name names, but I can think of a few people that I know who literally every time they go to Colorado, Nevada, California, Oregon, Seattle, go and get pot. (laughs) And I, uh, and they travel to these States quite frequently. I haven't seen them here in Utah in quite a, in quite a while. Not to say that 100% that's going to make people want to come and travel to Utah because we have it, because the response will be, like, well, yeah, but California, Nevada, Colorado, other states have it already. But I do think that's that's a very valid point, especially Sundance Film Festival. The amount of people that come in for that, they won't have to they'll they won't have to drive to the border of Colorado anymore. They can just get it in Park City. Sure as opposed to having to drive another two hours to the border or whatever it may be. I think, I think we're missing out yeah. on a lot of tax potential right now. I mean, Utah is booming relatively and there's just another opportunity to make even more money off of it. Uh, I, I just, uh, maybe we won't disagree on a lot on this because I am just such a, I look for the things that will do the least amount of harm. And we have some of the most destructive, poisonous, toxic drugs that we use on a regular basis. And people rarely, if ever, say, say boo. And, I'm, I'm t- and everybody knows this. It's a very real thing. Opioids in the state of Utah 
is a terrible, terrible epidemic that we have right now. And not even to mention alcohol, because the LDS church, in all fairness, the Mormons do say, don't drink. So they are against that. But it is hard for them to say, don't take a perk, don't take Vicodin, don't take etc. Sure. Because for some reason, oh, well, since this was scientifically made in a in a warehouse, this is okay for you. Like, technically, beer and liquor are also scientifically made using chemistry. All things that are created, like baking bread is chemistry. If, if that's sort of like, literally marijuana is probably the most natural thing as far as drugs could go, especially if you smoke it. One of the most natural things that you could consume compared to all of the other stuff that we're, for some reason, willing to put into our bodies that will shut down our kidneys, or no, that will shut down like our liver and destroy our liver. Because that's what Vicodin's doing. That's what ibuprofen's doing. That's what, obviously, what alcohol does. But I just don't see why there is such a a resistance against this. Do you? What? what, what uh, how do you view it? Like, try to play the devil's advocate. Why? Why do people hate this so much? Sure. I mean, I'm really glad you brought up the the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter Day Saints. Because let's be honest, Utah is a theocracy, and the Mormon Church poses this. For there, there's a theory going around of why the Mormon Church opposes medical cannabis so much. One theory is that you know there's a recent Mormon leak that the church has 35 billion dollars in stock holdings and more than a billion dollars in pharmaceutical companies uh, worth of equity. And so you th- see that and you think, oh, okay, like there we go, that's the problem. But I think Can that's I, push, I think but, that's too simplistic personally. But yeah, but. There's always money to be made anywhere. It's 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 that sort of thing makes me feel the exact same way about anyone that's like against big pharma. Anyone can get in on this. <laughs> Literally anyone. There's where there is money to be made. It, hey, Pfizer, if you want to get into the medical marijuana business, you can. It's not gonna like you want to make a. You can still sell like it and still sell all your other drugs. There's nothing that will. Yes, there is. I did not think of this. Are they, could they technically not get involved in this kind of game because of federal laws? You mean the... Like Pfizer, pharmaceutical, large pharma, because what you're seeing is yeah. a lot of mom and pop shops. But so, they, yeah, there has yeah, to be some yeah. way to get in there. Yeah, so that's exactly it. So a big, the, the LDS proposal was that they think that this should be scientifically researched, legalized on a federal level, and sold through pharmacies like any other drug. Which is ridiculous for one. I think it's just funny that they're leaning on science for this because this is the same church that won't take a stance on evolution. <laughs> they won't accept evolution. They, they. I'm pretty sure the LDS Church believes that their Earth is six thousand years old. It <laughs> uh, doesn't believe, you know, believes that Adam and Eve are the very first people here. Literally, you know, I mean, these are like their, their you know, their beliefs. Which, you know, obviously science disproves. But then on this topic, they decide, oh, we have to go with science. We have to see what science says. Let the research be done first. Which I think, okay, you can't pick or choose. You either like science or you don't like science. You know, yeah, you, can't use it. you can't use it as like a buffet. Um, so, yeah, so that's the thing is, uh, it's definitely legal on a federal level. When you go buy it at a dispensary, you have to use cash because you can't use a card. So banking, pharmacies, like they can't be involved in this at all. Uh, well, I cash think, only. It's a cash only sure. business. But what's worked well in other states is having a pharmacist on staff 
who doesn't work for who works for a pharmacy, but then also works for a dispensary as well on staff. They can provide consultations, things like that in house. I think that's a really cool idea for the medicinal part of it. Medicinal part, yeah, yeah, definitely. I imagine that they could probably help help out for a recreational part of it as well. Sure. And they probably do. Sure. If I had to guess, like in Vegas. Sure. Or in like cities like that. Yeah. But anyways, but I don't think, you know, coming back to like you know, pharmaceutical stocks, I don't think that's the reason why the church came out so against this. And that's the thing. What bothers me is that when the church speaks, people who are, you know, members of this church, they kind of just stop thinking and they just fall in line and they say, yeah, I've helped. I felt that exact way before. And it's like, oh, what a coincidence. Uh, you just happen to believe exactly what the church says about this issue that you really probably hadn't thought about until they came out with this announcement. So you had that first theory, or I guess hypothesis, I should say. I think it's really more of a control thing. It's uh, Utah is a theocracy. The politicians are controlled by the church. Outside of Salt Lake City. Sure. What do you, what do you mean? Sorry. I just mean like, uh, like, but that's like a, Outside a, of Salt Lake a City, very sure. small majority of people. Like Salt Lake City is the only city that will would ever put any type of... This is bad. I hate I hate saying it like this, but Democrat ultimately would ever vote for a Democrat. Like, yeah, you could be. It would just be smarter if you were a Democrat to run as a Republican. Mm-hmm. Still have some of your same positions and whatnot, but you're never going to get voted for the most part in in Utah if you're if you're Democrat. And this isn't conjecture. I mean, there's been politicians who've come out and talked about this, and they would say, "Oh yeah, Russell and Ballard called me," and then we went back and we changed this. I mean, there's people like on the record saying these kind of things. Uh, the church gets very involved, and, uh, and that bothers me. I mean, do you I, think this is a morality choice? Because that's usually the they're making it a morality choice. Yeah, do you, but uh, if if you had to say if it's a morality choice. Do you feel like marijuana use is a morality choice? Yeah, it is. Okay. So uh, it's fair what they're especially, it's fair well, making it a morality choice. They might have a bad well, opinion. Well, sorry, let me, let me change. Uh, actually, if it's on a medicinal, then no. But if it's on a, for recreational use, then yeah, it's a personal moral issue. Right. But if you use it for medicinal, like, <laughs> I don't think about my morals when I take Tylenol for a headache. That's true. Treating, treating the pain. Yeah. What will be interesting is when this does become federally okay and it goes through all those avenues that you were talking about scientifically to see what the reaction will be then because it's, I don't, I don't need, this is going to sound terrible because I do think science is an important thing, but I don't need science to tell me that marijuana is better for me than alcohol most, if not all, prescription drugs. I mean, let's look at the the side effects of most prescription drugs compared to those of marijuana. If the worst possible thing that's going to happen to me when I'm on marijuana is I feel a little bit anxious, like honestly, maybe eat too much. Not that not that I've <laughs> ever used marijuana, but let's just say that I have. Let's pretend that I have. Uh, I would imagine that the worst thing that would ever happen to me is I lounge around for a day, eat some food. And watch a lot of Netflix. That's what I kind of imagine the the outcome of that being. I, it's just it's really frustrating for me being a member of the of the LDS Church and stuff like this happening, coming out because I I hate being on the wrong side of history. <laughs> I hate I hate so much when all is said and done when time has passed. We're gonna look back on this and be like. Oh, you remember when 
Remember when your church didn't want to provide medicinal marijuana to people who are suffering because they thought that might lead to recreational use? The benefits outweigh the cons. And let me, let's talk about the cons. Let's talk about the cons. There's one con, literally one negative thing that I see, uh, DWIs. Ah, Here's what's tough about it. I'm not saying that it is okay to use marijuana and drive. What I am saying is accidents are going to happen. This is a subject that I want to look into a little bit more. So you get like DUI statistics, right? From people drinking alcohol and whatnot. And like, oh, there was this DUI accident, DUI. I wonder how many of those accidents, regardless of alcohol being involved, would have happened anyway. There has to be, it could be a small percentage, but it's statistically impossible for there not to have been a case where someone was driving drunk where the accident would have happened no matter what. There has to be a small percentage of that. Yeah. Is that okay to drink and drive? No, absolutely not. Do not drink and drive. Do not smoke pot and drive. But ultimately, unfortunately, that is the world we live in. There are people that get Tiger Woods, that get hyped up on Vicodin and go and drive. There are people that drink alcohol. There are people that take so, people on Ambien that go and drive and don't even remember it ever happening. They just get a sleep aid to put themselves to sleep. Marijuana provides significantly more benefits than all of those things that I just mentioned. If So think about this. Okay, so we're going to have, I'll concede. Yes, we're going to see DUI, uh, I don't even know, is it DWI or DUI? Both. Both? Okay. Yeah. Driving under the influence, rather than intoxicated. Uh, I'll concede that. That is going to happen 100%. You're going to have people that make stupid decisions and get behind the wheel of a car while high. That's going to happen medicinally, recreationally. But what if we can get rid of all of those other things that people like, all right, well, now I'm not getting, there's going to be much fewer people. I would much rather be on a road with a bunch of people who are smoking pot (laughs) than people who are drinking alcohol or hopped up on Vicodin or hyped up on Ambien. Like, I'm sorry that I'm just going with those three examples, but there are so many different drugs that I would much rather we get rid of and be on the road with someone who's high <laughs> than those type of things. I mean, things. would you rather be driving around a drunk idiot who's way more confident than they should be driving way too fast or someone who's just... The paranoid <laughs> pothead. The, like, the paranoia <laughs> is a potential side effect. Just 10, and, just 10, like, and 10 and 2 speed limit. Knuckling. Like, it's not snowing. Why are you so nervous? Just gotta make sure I get home. Once again... Don't, don't drink and drive. Don't get high and drive. But I think that's the one negative that I can think of. I don't know if you've heard of any other negatives that could come from, I mean, besides the, the kids eating the cookies and the brownies. Ah, man, there's been so much misinformation and like lies about what's actually happening. I'm sure that I'm trying to think of some other paranoid delusions I've heard. Like, uh, I think that's like, but correct me if I'm wrong. Like the two I can think of are people getting behind the wheel of a car yeah. or work, maybe like heavy machinery, whatever stuff that they shouldn't be. So some of the other issues that have been brought up, uh, real estate, uh, there's actually a real estate magnet, like a local guy. And he was doing this big, uh, campaign, uh, independently. And he was saying that it was going to make it tough for landlords because they couldn't control whether or not their tenants had illegal drugs on them. Explain that to me. Yeah, I don't know. It doesn't really make much sense. He was scared that... He He was saying that right now, if a tenant has marijuana and they're smoking it in their house, 
the landlord can evict them. This, this gets passed, and they have a medical card, and they're doing it in the house. The landlord has no power. I'm fairly to confident. Them. I may have read this incorrect, but it sounds like with the the ballot as currently constituted, there you. It, I'll, I'll read this. I don't know how accurate yeah, yeah, it is. Go ahead. Under the measure, medical marijuana cardholder could not smoke marijuana or use a device to facilitate the smoking of marijuana. So what I take away from this is the medicinal thing is going to be mainly edibles. Yeah. Is what they're going to yeah. have to use. So I don't understand why that would be a problem. Exactly. If it's, someone's smoking or like, it's like, all right, well, you're breaking the law either way. Like, even if it's medicinal, you can't do that. Yeah. And this guy dropped so much money. I'm trying to remember what his name is. Uh, but yeah, this guy dropped so much money on this campaign for this little issue. And yeah, there's little things like that. Like, you know, Alcohol is way worse for your housing development, my friend. Right. Yeah. Trust me. I may or may not, <laughs> I may or may not have lived in a house at some point in my life where a lot of drinking was going on and the destruction that came upon that house may or may not have been horrendous. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, there's little issues people make up, but yeah, I mean, people have to really scrape the bottom of the barrel to come up with the reasons why this is going to hurt them negatively because it's, that's why I think it should be such a no brainer. Well, that's, and that's why I'm seeing. So, it's almost like, so something that I've learned from another podcast that I use is the rule of three patterns. It just doesn't feel complete if you're starting a list to just have two things. You can say one thing. One thing is fine. Like, oh, I, I don't want to do this because of X. But you can't say, I don't want to do this because of X and Y. You have to do, I don't want to do this because of it, at least X, Y, and Z. There has to be three reasons because when I'm reading these, it really feels like they were just trying their hardest. They're like, well, we can't have one. Like we need more than one. <laughs> All right. We really only have two things. Like guys, we have two. We got to get, we gotta, we gotta get that, that comma. We got to get that we comma. That <laughs> so that it's like kind of, kind of makes sense because yeah, the concern. So it's once again, concerns about how medicinal marijuana will be enforced by police officers I think was honestly the one that they were just scraping the bottom of the barrel for the being close to kids I, I get that concern I get the concern I get that you could see that as being a problem I don't agree with it but I could see that as a valid concern then the unable to collect taxes thing I'm just like okay yeah that's also it's also a valid concern but the quick retort to that is, all right, let's legalize it recreationally and let's start collecting the money. Like that one is very easy to easy to argue with. The kid one is a little bit more difficult to argue with, but still I can offer rebuttals to it. Just like you did. Like, all right, like lock it away. And I don't even think it's marijuana is not a gun. It isn't as bad as a gun. A gun is significantly worse. Y your kids, tell me, tell me, parents, tell me. Uh, let me look. Tell me fake news leaning majority majority of Utah. You all have guns in your homes. I would say most of you, if not all of you, are doing a great job keeping those safe and away from your children. You're doing a great job of that. But if you had to be honest, would you much rather your kid have a pot cookie or a gun in his hand? The, and if you say if you say a pot cookie, you're you're honestly a piece of shit. And I, you're just, you just, for argument's sake, you, you, you can't cede the point. We have way more dangerous things that are already legal that aren't chemically related. It's just, it confuses me well, so also, much. You have to also remember that these edibles have child-proof containers. 
Just like your med- just like your medicines. As I thought well. you were gonna say there's like childproof antidotes. So like a kid takes it, then you just like inject them with something, and then they're magically not gonna get high or whatever. But I will tell you what. The bet once again, I go back to if you think it's a poison, it's the best type of poison that your child can put into their system. Yeah. I, I can't think of I, I I'm just very confused. You know, I do want to make a point too. Uh if this was passed based on a really thorough you know, research study that was published. You think it's going to lose? It might. I think it'll lose. It might. Uh, if My this podcast could, is going to put the yes vote over the top, all 12 of us. I, I would just say, though, I mean, you brought up opiates a lot. If this was introduced in Utah, we would have 70 less deaths a year. Think about that. That blows me away. 70 people a year. From who, for like studies show that when this is introduced in states like Colorado, California, Maine, medicinally, people who were using this, uh, stop, who use this for like substitutes for pain, it does a huge, it does huge difference. For that Seventy? Number. Where are you getting that seventy number from? So that's it. Yeah. Are yeah. you sure about that? I think actually it could be a little it's, higher. It's I'm getting four hundred and sixty-six opioid related overdose deaths oh okay so i'm not saying that it would eliminate you, all opiate deaths but i'm just saying the percentage of him oh okay sense. okay so, so you're saying about yeah, um, yeah. The, let's say let's just put a number on it an arbitrary number let's say it's 420 opioid related deaths you're saying we could save 70 lives which is one sixth so we're looking at about saving 17 percent of these opioid overdose. Yeah. And I think when I I posted about this recently and I used that 70 number because I was actually using a number that was more conservative than what the the research study would have. But I think if it was, if, if I'm correct. Oh yeah. So they're saying in the study that it would result in a 25% decrease in opiate overdoses. Okay. That's about the numbers I I was at. I went under and I said 20%. Okay. That's that's around where I was thinking. Okay. That makes a lot more sense. So, I mean, you look at that. I mean, this is a really thorough study. And I mean, can you imagine that if we had 70 less people dying a year, that alone should make it, everyone should vote for it. And if you don't, man, that is sick. Dying from something stupid too, something that's preventable. That's the real thing that bothers me about it. If you've had someone that has, oh, not to say that this is going to save everybody because people have control over their lives to make decisions. But if you have had somebody in your life that has died from and i want to be very clear as well it would have to be their opioid addiction started from pain medication right which in is, all fairness which is common yeah which is common. In all fair, which sure. is common agree sure. if you have had that but you want to know what else though cool cool that we're, that we're saving 70 lives what if we're saving hundreds of people just never getting addicted to heroin even that's worth it. You know what I hate seeing? That's a great point. Junkies. Junkies make me so uncomfortable. So uncomfortable. I'll be very, very blind. Like, they are scary to me. I don't like seeing them. I feel like something bad is going to happen. And you can always tell. I mean, general, you, you can tell. You can just tell. Look at their arms. That probably sounds super judgmental of me. I should be more passion, uh, empathetic to these people. And I have been. Like, if they talk to me, I'll talk, I'll, I'll talk with them and I'll engage with them. But... I would love to get, I would love to have few, I would much rather engage with someone that's high on marijuana than someone that is a heroin addict who at the time when I'm generally, when I'm talking to these junkies, 
Is that offensive? Probably. You know what? I think the I think the biggest thing we need to be clear is that we're not talking about the people themselves, but just the effect that this drug has on them. Because it just you're right. It, it eliminates the person basically, the person behind that drug. Um, yeah, correct. Yeah, like, sure. Like, but I think I think the basic thing is you know if we need to be you know sympathetic more than anything. And I feel terrible when I see people like these junkies. I'm sure everyone does. This is an answer. This is this an is an answer. answer. And this is a scourge. I mean, I always see billboards for opiate overdoses and you know the opiate epidemic in Utah. I see billboards about it. Don't turn. Don't don't be blinded. But don't be is, blinded by the opioid. The thing crisis. is, marijuana is not a gateway drug. I mean, this is okay. This is conjecture now. But is it is it conjecture? I would love to see. I guess it's conjecture. We don't know all the studies. I would love to see the studies that show that marijuana is a, a gateway drug. I was listening to Joe Rogan today, and he was talking a lot about about this particular the the gateway subject more than anything. He wasn't talking about medicinal, and he's like, what I've noticed is just like it's people who were already doing drugs and they just also smoke marijuana. It's not like, all right, I started with marijuana. Now I'm jumping to heroin. It's just these people were already doing this stuff and they just kind of do everything. It's a drug cocktail for them. It's not step by step. Because I'll tell you why. Uh, uh, Once again, maybe this isn't personal experience. Just, you know, kind of being very vague with my descriptions of stuff. How come I'm not doing heroin? And And then here's what sucks about it, though. This is a very common thing with most religious people. Yeah, well, you're not doing heroin yet. That <laughs> That is what it is. And what sucks about it is if I never do heroin, if I never do meth and I end up dying, I never get to like, I'll never get credit for that. But sure. the entire time they're going to think any decision I made re- regarding any drug was like, nope, it's going to, it's just going to slippery slope. It's going to go to this thing. I never get my recompense of being like, told you so. I just make good decisions. That's really all it comes down to. And marijuana helps you make much better decisions than opioid prescribed drugs and other drugs as well. But like, I feel like opioids are the very, very easy target. They are so addictive. You know, I had to take it for my collarbone. I broke my collarbone a couple of years ago. I took it for two and a half weeks and I had withdrawals afterward. And this is something that can just, ha- it's so sad because, I mean, this happened to like Anthony Green, you know, from uh, Circus Survive. He started out with painkillers, prescribed to him legally from a doctor. Started abusing painkillers, led to heroin, almost killed them. So sad. And that's something that happens to so many people. It could happen to your mom. It could happen to your neighbor. It could happen to your wife. It could happen to anyone. That's how addictive these things are. And if we have something, I, I get, I won't get, I'm almost getting like tingly just thinking about how amazing this would be if we solved that. You know, if we could reduce that, that'd be wonderful. We get the, we get the people back, like how you're describing yes. it. I feel like... Yeah. The, the people using heroin, yes, are people. I don't want to come across whatever. It's like, oh, the junkies, they're gross and whatnot. But they're shells of themselves. Yeah. And then once they get right. off of it, they become who you loved before. They, they turn back into the people that you knew and have always appreciated and adored. And things just get better. And if all that means is like... I, I get your point. Medicinal might lead to recreational, but who cares? You know what? I'll tell you what it is a gateway for. Uh, fun. <laughs> for fun. <laughs> and independent thinking. Uh, you see, <laughs> so Orange is the New Black. Actually, I don't watch the show, but I saw a clip of it where this guy is a prison guard or something like that. And he's Mormon. He's like a minor character in the show. I think it's like season eight or something like that. And they're smoking marijuana 
And he, he says, what if Joseph Smith made it all up? <laughs> well, I was high. And I think that is if anything. That's what the, you know, the church is scared of more than anything. People start really thinking about you that. Think, really? Oh, I, I don't. I think really? they're scared to death of that. Yeah. Independ- That's what they're. No, I, I, no, no, no. I think your first point there. No, your second point about it was much better. I think they just like control control. Sure. I think that's really what it comes down to. I, I don't think they're like, man, well, if people, because really, <laughs> people start, if people start getting hot, like, yeah, and I'm sure Russell M. Nelson is watching Orange is the New Black. And he's like, well, that prison guard, spot on impression of him, by the way, that prison guard in Orange is the New Black, he did get high and then he questioned the, the values that he learned growing up. I don't think that, I, don't, I honestly don't think that's. That's not the main reason. It's it, it, it's one hundred percent. We control the state of Utah, mm-hmm. and we will say what goes and what doesn't until the federal government tells us it's not okay. Polygamy. We see it with polygamy. We're gonna do polygamy as much as we want. Federal government says, "Hey, you want to be part of the union? You're probably gonna have to stop." And it stopped. Alcohol is legal here now. Gay marriage is legal here now. Once things go federally, Utah just, all right, yep, all right, sounds good. We always like this, but. Yeah, and that's the thing. It's an obstacle. Uh, And it's not going to, I don't think it's going to happen quickly on the federal level. I mean, I know earlier I said it's happening across the country, but it's going to happen on a state-by-state basis uh, just until, like, you know, we get some actual, some pressure there. But if you look at it, like, the FDA is not an elected body. Like these are people that are appointed. Appointed, yes. Sure, but they're not an elected body. It's a republic, bro. Come on. So the FDA is influenced by big pharma. And you know what? They see this. They like opioids. They're probably the only ones who like them. You know, like, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm sure obviously people use them. I because guess, they can you know, make like so much them. money. I yeah, think they're it... making so much money. They're making hand over fist to have to develop new THC products. It is so expensive to develop new drugs. By the way, there is a THC drug. But this is just ridiculous to show how messed up it is. Cocaine is not the same schedule as marijuana. So marijuana is a schedule one drug. Just the worst, no medicinal we value. Can't test. Coke, they can't test. Cocaine is a schedule two. And they say there is some medicinal value for cocaine and they can do research on cocaine. Cocaine is one of the worst things for you. For it your sounds body. Like a, that sounds like a decision that was made either in the 1970s, 1980s, or a decision that was made mm, circa like 1910, the cocaine decision. Sure. In the 80s, yeah, sure. Definitely in the 80s. But yeah, I mean, which is ridiculous. We should be able to test this. Please, Mr. Reagan, allow us to tell us, well, well, as long as it's not giving people AIDS, absolutely. <laughs> that, was a, that wasn't too bad of a Reagan, right? That was good, yeah. I, that's, I, that's loosely based on Phil Hartman's version of him. Back to work! <laughs> hey, hey, little girl, I heard that well, I should hire you for my sales team. <laughs> I just watched the, the 80s I documentary by CNN. It. It's pretty good. I've been learning a lot. That's cool. Uh, it's maybe a subject for another day. Reagan, not that great. You know what? I grew up thinking he was. I thought he. Uh, don't get me wrong. When I say that, when I say not that great, he was good. He was good. He was a good president. Lots of good things happened, but he was not God's gift to this earth. He loved America. Uh, uh, getting off subject. Sorry, sorry. Getting, I, off, getting off subject. Yeah. But um, sure. I, I do want to talk about that at some point. I think we we agree on a lot, and I'll tell you what, 
Once again, hypothetical version of me, I really cannot wait for it to be a non-cash-only business. Hypothetical me. <laughs> because, sure. man, that is annoying when you forget. <laughs> and I don't know this for a fact, but I imagine it's really annoying to have to go to an ATM to at, at, a, medis- at a marijuana shop and get charged a $5 fee so that you can get money. I imagine that's very, very annoying. Oh, my goodness. Do you have any last last thoughts What you on, on uh, the subject? You know what? I hit the big points. My big points were theocracy. Theocracy, opioids. <laughs> Cocaine. Cocaine. I want to slip that in somewhere. Just how ridiculous the FDA is. And, and yeah, and then I guess talking about the distinction between medicinal and recreational, I think we need to make sure that we treat this as separate issues. People just want to blur them all together because it's easier yeah, to, I w- to oppose recreational. But My last thing would be, I guarantee there are a lot of similar thinking people in the state of Utah, just in general. I think it's too late to register to vote. Honestly, I don't know. Just- so you can actually register to vote uh, still. Until October 30th? We'll, but you're going to... That's good but, to know. But you we'll can't we'll try that. to get this live before October 30th, it sounds like. Sure. But yeah, <laughs> do but you know how hard to... it is to edit, Matt? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, people vote. Donate. Let's do this. I would definitely say the easiest thing to be to do is just go vote. Vote yes on it. The, the pros far outweigh the cons, if you can even say that there are cons. You try to argue the cons with me. I just don't like it's one of those things where I know I would never convince anyone of their con arguments that they have. But ultimately, it just comes down to I'm sorry, we have to agree to disagree. But I strongly think that you are wrong about this. You are wrong with the what you are using as the boogeyman for this. Once again, the boogeyman is cops are going to have a hard time patrolling it. Kids are going to get it and we're not getting tax revenue from it. Sure. I don't, what is scary about this? None of those affect anybody except for the children thing. Be a good parent. Watch after your kids. Know what your kids are doing. And everything's going to be just okay. You aren't letting them get your prescription drugs, which aren't locked up like your gun. I bet you'll be able to figure out a way to keep these safe from them as well. Yeah, there's there's a lot of fear mongering going on, which is... 100%. And that's what really bothers me. And that's why I wanted to talk about it. Because I think even though I know... Very few people are going to listen to this I, compared to the entire state of Utah and all of the people who can vote in the state of Utah. I know few people are going to listen to this, but it's going to change lives. It's going to change Matt's families, potentially their like what this is what sucks about it. If we had this 10 years ago, it could have it was it's too late for Matt's family. Don't don't be one of those people who will look back on something and say, it's too late now. Or I would even add, you know, if this was passed 10 years ago, 700, maybe a thousand lives would have been saved. If you could check a box and save a thousand lives, would you do that? That's, I, I like, that sums it up perfectly. Will are, So are you willing to save lives and risk having to hide your medicinal marijuana from your kids. That's those, those are really the two things. Yeah. And I think people are going to be like, well, that's a false dichotomy that you're creating there. It's not that false. Crime goes down too. Uh, California actually saw a 20% reduction 
in areas where they had dispensaries, cannabis dispensaries, areas around there, they saw violent crimes went down 20%. Rest of crimes stay the same when they legalize recreational. There's a lot of fear mongering. There's a lot of lies that are happening. It's a way overblown and there's biases on this biases everywhere, but you know, I'm, I'm biased, but sure. But yeah, I think when you look at it, like you look at the facts, it's pretty, it's a pretty, it's a, it's, it's a no brainer. That's the thing is before the LDS church came out, someone was like almost 70%, Huge support. almost 70%. Huge support. And even afterward, it was still more than 50% in polls. And that's why I know we're coming down to the end, but you know, one thing I do want to mention is that the, the, the proponents and the opponents came together and made a compromise, a compromise, uh, for a bill and, but the vote is still going on. And if basically this was just their way of kind of burying the issue because they're afraid. They realize that they can't stop this, you know, by just telling us to not to vote or telling us how to vote. So they have to come up with some other creative ways. But yeah, I think it's going to pass. And if it doesn't, then, well, it's, it's a shame if it doesn't. Yeah, it's a, it's a shame because we probably won't be on the ballot for another two years. And, and that's the thing is that what's great about this is it forces Utah to take action instead of just burying their heads in the sand and just ignoring it because this is a sticky issue, pun intended. Well, let's say, let's say it doesn't pass. We're looking at minimum potentially of 140 people are going to die because we decided not to do this. Yeah, and they'll, they'll try to, they might come out with another bill and who knows when that, because that's the thing is they can take as long as they want. They can, they can, they can make any kind of provisions they want. They can do whatever they want to it. And it's not as gonna it's not gonna help people. I mean, if you look at the compromise they have now, it's pathetic in my opinion. So, yeah, I think this is great. This is a good opportunity for the people to get what they want instead of just having a you know a theocracy tell them what to do. Perfect. Well, thanks a ton, Matt, for coming on today. This was really fun. And <laughs> yeah. uh, next time that we have something that we want to talk about, we hope you give it a listen. Feel free to like, comment, and continue the conversation by following us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and SoundCloud. Subscribe to us on iTunes, and if you are feeling especially generous, leave us a review on iTunes. We prefer five stars, but value the truth more. We plan on keeping this free to listeners forever, because we love you. Thanks for listening, and let's keep being better. survived that's pretty huge that's pretty badass how many how many presidents have been shot and survived i I think it's just him uh yeah is it just him gerald ford was shot with he did uh he did that impersonation mr gorbachev (laughs) tear down this wall (laughs) he's really not as emphatic as i remembered it yeah. Like for some reason, like in my head, he seemed like he was very passionate. Dude, you get it, man. Kind of that gravelly kind of voice. You get hey, it, man. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I do like jelly beans. <laughs> that's, that's all that the end of the podcast will have. It'll just have me doing Ronald's <laughs> Okay. I looked up Alex Skinner. Oh, there's your problem. <laughs>